Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason. I'm back, and we have some football to talk about today. We had all sorts of news come in over the weekend. We had preseason football, and just next week, next Thursday, football will be back. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. So we have tons to talk about. So without further ado, why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. First things first, I want to give a round of applause, a thank you, a bow to everyone who filled in for me last week while I was out of town, a haunt, Matt, Matt, and Seth all coming in and filling for me. They did fantastic episodes. If you have not seen them yet, go check out last week's Wake and Takes, a Han Rongta, Matt Babich, the pod father himself, and Seth Dewald gave some fantastic fantastic episodes in my stead and i'm so glad that they were able to do that because check this out fellas check this out ladies i got to stand next to a large cactus look how big that bad boy is big fella cactus i was out in arizona last week uh and it was fun it was a good time glad i got to enjoy the trip and lastly but not least just one more final little jason update because why not i have a platform and i will hold y'all hostage me and my soccer team, I play in a Sunday soccer league. We won the championship yesterday. This is me holding the trophy. So a little round of applause also to Hatman FC, my soccer team. You guys, you know, flood the comments with the congratulations, all that stuff. I'll appreciate it. But it's time to talk about football. Trey Lance. Trey Lance officially traded to the Cowboys. I see here in the comments from, from the Fantasy Plumber. Is anyone else thrilled we don't have to talk about Trey Lance anymore? Well... Well, we do have to talk about Trey Lance anymore because now I am actually excited about Trey Lance's career trajectory. Earlier this offseason, I did a whole episode breaking down the 49ers quarterback room. I went back and checked the date. This was June 22nd, so you can go find that. I posted to my Twitter a little snippet at JFootballLine, and I was discussing Trey Lance. And I said, I hope he goes to the Cowboys. I really did. I, I said that. I, and I really, I, I, I went off for a few minutes about it. I, I think it's a fantastic landing spot for him. He gets to learn behind Dak Prescott. He gets to be on one of the best franchises in NFL history. And it's no rush now. I mean, like in, with the 49ers, of course, there's no rush either. But it was just a, just a weird energy around him. Now he gets to go to Dallas, get a fresh start in a system that should work for him with a good head coach that's been around, with a great quarterback that's been around. And if he does ever tap into anything, it makes sense that it would be on the Cowboys or just a team like that, right? It, it To me, 
for Trey Lance, the best way for him to get right back onto the right path was to him to go to a team with an elite level quarterback that's a veteran that's been in the league and that has a similar play style to Trey Lance who can kind of do it all. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do down in Dallas, down in Dallas. Next up, we had some players released. Kenyon Drake was released from the Colts. Sad to see, you know, I saw the signing and was kind of hoping that it would mean that he'd have a little bit of a career resurgence, but it's looking like, you know, now that he's released, you know, it's done. It's over. He had a few, he had a good year once, you know, a couple good games here and there and filled in when needed. But unfortunately for him, his time in Indianapolis is over. That means it's Evan Hull's season. That means it's probably Deion Jackson's season again, especially if Jonathan Taylor does end up being traded. I will say with this move, it probably means that the Colts are expecting Jonathan Taylor to stay. They are not happy with what trade offers are coming in, but we'll see. I mean, those things can develop over time. And if Jonathan Taylor does get traded, I don't want you guys to get too excited about Evan Hull or Deion Jackson or Zach Moss. They will still probably bring in a cheap free agent running back if that were to happen. So just keep your eye on the Colts uh, and Kenyon Drake. You know, best of luck to him. I'm sure he'll land on some other team, kind of float around like Latavius Murray has for the last couple of years. Uh, and a little trade happened. Pierre Strong was traded to the Browns from the Patriots in exchange for an offensive tackle. Really, the big takeaway here is that Jerome Ford is, you know, the health concerns with him, you know, maybe maybe the Browns are a little bit more concerned with that. And then also, I mean, he's not one of the most valuable handcuffs in fantasy football anymore. Is he still a good football player? Yes. But if anything happened to Nick Chubb, it's not going to be a full workhorse opportunity like some were hoping with Jerome Ford because now Pierre Strong comes in. And as we all know, is this is a player that we like at player profile. He's got a really solid profile. Uh, a good skill set and, you know, lands on a team now where he could probably be used in a decent way. Uh, it's probably going to take a few weeks. I mean, I doubt that he takes the RB2 spot away from Jerome Ford. He's probably still the RB3 for, you know, probably the whole season unless he does some magnificent stuff. But again, if Nick Chubb goes down, it'll be strong and Ford. It won't just be Ford. And so those of you, myself included, that took a chance on Ford this offseason, it's a slight hit to his value. Unfortunately, I'm sure he can still produce, but definitely has lost some ceiling with this trade. And for the Buccaneers, Ryan Jensen has landed on IR, will miss the entire season yet again. This happened to him last season, did not play at all. And now it comes out again where he gets injured and is out for the year. Really, really sucks from him. I mean, you really hope he can get healthy. He's a big part of that offensive line. He's a great player, a great man as well. So it, it's it's always rough to see these kinds of things happen to these types of players. But that is the sport. Big takeaways here. Buccaneers, they're going to be shooting a lot. They're, they're going to be passing a lot. I, I know that the pass pro is now down a little bit, but I mean, it's just they're going to be down so much. The offensive line is going to be crumbling. This is great for Rashad White, and this is great for Chris Godwin. Both of them, of course, uh, Rashad White getting catches out of the backfield. That's going to go up a lot more if they're going to have to pass the ball quicker. And then, of course, you can draw that same line for Chris Godwin, who excels in short to, short to intermediate routes, will be able to dominate uh, You know, with, with, with less time in the pocket for Baker Mayfield means more throws going Chris Godwin's way, more throws going Rashad White's way. Go ahead and get them. They still are fantastic values, even though all offseason. Here at Player Profiler, we've all been saying these Buccaneers players, in general, really good for fantasy, even if the Buccaneers will suck. It's just a fantastic value that we have found. All right. That is all the news I had, uh, at least with a little, you know, um, little overlay, I guess just real quick uh, on the Kenyon Drake vein. 
James Robinson was also released by the Giants. It seems to kind of be it. I mean, he's bounced around so much now. There's just got to be something wrong with him. I know that some players have returned from the Achilles, but it seems he has not, and he has just lost what made him one of the leading rushers a few years back. So unfortunately for James Robinson, his career is really, really going down the drain. All right, before we get into the NFL preseason takeaways, let me go ahead and check out this comment section. How is everyone doing today? Let's see. Um, Welcome in, everyone. Good to see you, Fantasy Plumber. Good to see you, Rushman. Good to see you, T-Real, All City. Uh, (laughs) We bow down to your kickball greatness, Fantasy Plumber. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was actually soccer. It was actually soccer, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Very fun. Uh, Let's see. Biggest news of the day, McCarthy is a good head coach. He's a good head coach. I mean, you don't keep the job like that for a long time. I know that always his tenures end in failure, and he doesn't reach the expectations that he wants, that we want him to, and he's, you know, always crumbles in the playoffs. But still, he's an above-average head coach in the league, plain and simple. And will Pierre Strong see some work now? Yeah, I think he'll see a little bit. Again, I still think he'll be behind Jerome Ford, but he's definitely still going to see a little bit of work. Let's talk about these preseason games. And like it's kind of been the case the last few weeks, this is just some players that popped out to me on box scores and, you know, some also that plays that I saw that popped out to me. Again, so many games. I can't watch them all. I've got to enjoy my weekend too, guys. But I still have some takeaways for you. It was a great weekend of football and some great takeaways. And also less takeaways than usual because, you know, it's the final week of preseason. A lot of times the players we care about are not in. But we'll start things off with the Steelers-Falcons. Kenny Pickett started off the game 4 for 4 86 yards. Good for him. He's looking good. He's in regular season form. Both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren scored a touchdown. Nothing really to take away there besides the fact that Jalen Warren is a good handcuff and a good running back. It'll probably be a 65-35 type of split here, Uh, but I still think that Najee Harris is going to well outperform his ADP, and Jalen Warren probably will too. And the wide receivers, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, both of them had one reception. Both of them had over 30 yards. They're both going to look great this year. I'm excited to see the touchdown progression from Deontay Johnson. And I'm excited to see just some more fantastic catches from George Pickens. As I say time and time again, George Pickens is the alpha in this wide receiver room. It's not close. He's going to have a wide receiver one and a half, maybe bottom top bottom of wide receiver two type range for George Pickens, but definitely a top 24 season from him. And guys, keep your eye on Calvin Austin. You know, he is 4-2 speed, didn't play much last year because of injury, uh, but he's, you know, starting to shine a little bit in preseason, used as a rusher and as a receiver. We've been seeing some camp stuff from him as well, catching some nice passes, showcasing his speed, getting a nice connection with Kenny Pickett. And best ball formats, if you're still out there drafting, why not use your last pick on a guy attached to the Steelers offense who are projecting to get a little bit better with some great, fantastic speed Four two speed in Calvin Austin. Keep your eye on him. The Colts Eagles game. Anthony Richardson. <laughs> we'll see, man. I'm. I still don't think he's going to bust. I still think he's a basically an incredible quarterback, a bust-proof quarterback. But I still also look at this that it's going to take some time. He's not had the most fantastic preseason. It hasn't been bad by any means. But this week he was six for seventeen, so less than fifty percent completion only 78 yards. And then of course, Gardner Minshew goes out there and does Gardner Minshew things. The most classic Gardner Minshew stat line, nine for 11, a hundred yards and a touchdown. 
that's just what he's going to give you week in, week out. I still would like to see Gardner Minshew start week one or two just to let Anthony Richardson sit and watch, but I do love them throwing him to the Wolves, and I'm sure he's going to be great for fantasy still, especially with the rushing floor he's going to provide. But those accuracy concerns are definitely still there. Uh, you know, I would be a little worried with like Michael Pittman or something just because of cost. I might I might look to offload him, especially I think you could get a good return for Michael Pittman uh, and not have to sit through the early season struggles. Uh, the backup running back, since we talked a little bit about Kenyon Drake, you know, earlier, both uh, Evan Hull and Deion Jackson scored touchdowns. Evan Hull had the most usage, six carries for 25 yards and a touchdown, looking like he's the RB2 and the guy to own if you want a backup. But we saw Deion Jackson perform really well last year when asked to. So he's probably rosterable as well, especially as we still have the question marks surrounding Jonathan Taylor. And guys, the Eagles running back that we keep seeing pop off this preseason is Trey Sermon. And it's really just interesting to me. Obviously, you know, he he failed. He, he's been a failure. He's been a total bust. Uh, but if you remember him at Ohio State, I mean, he sucked basically his entire career at Ohio State and then randomly came on fire his final college football playoffs uh, and just literally lit the world on fire, went, went sicko mode, as the kids say. Uh, and... I don't know. I don't know with Trey Sermon if it might just be a type of player that takes some time because we're starting to see some decent production from him this week in particular, 16 carries, 30 yards and a touchdown, and also four receptions for 26 yards. I mean, he's barely going to make the roster, even if, if he does. I mean, you've got Kenneth Gainwell, you've got Boston Scott, you've got DeAndre Swift, you've got Rashad Penny all making it. So Trey Sermon might be practice squad, but still being attached to the Eagles in your extremely deep leagues, I think there is a case for him to eventually pop off like he did at Ohio State, you know, put him in for a few good games at the end of the year, some injuries start to pile up. And I mean, I bet you would see some production from Trey Sermon. Uh, you know, it's definitely weird to say that, though. <laughs> the Lions-Panthers game, Craig Reynolds, the backup running back to own on the Lions, as it has been for the past couple years now, 11 for 41 and a touchdown on the ground. Also got himself a nice little reception for five yards. That's really the biggest Lions takeaway. Not too many players played. For the Panthers, Bryce Young looked decent, 7 for 12, 73 yards at a touchdown. He also showcased his legs. He had three carries for 21 yards. Good to see that. That's something we didn't see too much at Alabama, but when we did, it was good. His He does have some scrambling capabilities, which is great for a quarterback of his size if he could just get out of the pocket, pick up a few yards, get out of bounds without taking a hit. That'll help with the longevity of his career. And Adam Thielen. Kind of being a target monster right now. Four receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown. Cody Carpentier went down to the Panthers practice and did say that Adam Thielen's still a guy and still going to get a ton of targets in this offense. One of the bigger takeaways with that Hayden Hurst will be the leading receiver, but that still Thielen has a role here. And as the injuries are piling up for DJ Chart, for Terrace Marshall, uh, LaVishka Chenault, you know, inconsistent. I mean, we're looking here that it's going to be Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, and Hayden Hurst for this passing core, which doesn't mean great things for Bryce Young in his rookie season, but hopefully they can, you know, bolster that going into year two. The Patriots Titans. Uh, Pierre Strong played in this game and looked good. He was the leading rusher, but he's gone now. He's gone now. So Kevin Harris was seven for 17 and a touchdown. Not the best yards per carry, but still getting into the end zone, getting that usage is good. That's really the biggest takeaway from the Patriots. Not too much there. Uh, Malik Willis had himself a pretty decent day. He had 211 passing yards and two touchdowns off of 15 completions. He did also turn the ball over twice with two interceptions, but still it's looking like he has earned the quarterback two role above 
Will Levis, which is definitely surprising given how tumultuous of a rookie season Malik Willis had. Julius Chestnut, I want to keep talking about him, guys, because everyone's drafting Tajay Spears. Everyone's drafting Hassan Haskins, but the backup running back to own in Tennessee is Julius Chestnut. It just is. The team likes him, and he continues to get usage. Nine carries for 30 yards, two receptions for 42 yards, and a touchdown. He's going to get used if Derrick Henry goes down, and he's going to be fantasy football relevant. If you own Derrick Henry, I would rather be having Julius Chestnut as my handcuff than Tajay Spears. Call it a hot take. Say what you want. I think it's a reasonable take and a good move to do. The Chargers 49ers. My biggest takeaway here was after being the leading receiver for back-to-back weeks for the 49ers, Ronnie Bell did not play. I'm assuming that means he's locked himself into the roster, so good for him. I'm keeping my eye on him, a great preseason performer. Uh, That's basically it for the 49ers. Brock Purdy looks good. He got himself a rush touchdown which is always good to see from a quarterback, especially one that's not crazy mobile. Just the fact he got out of the pocket, got into the end zone. Good for Brock Purdy. And Tyrion Davis-Price had himself 76 total yards, if you want to talk about the running backs. But it's still Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, then probably Jordan Mason ahead of TDP. In terms of the Chargers, week one preseason phenom, Elijah Dotson, Did not pop off any other weeks this preseason, really, but he still had six carries for 33 yards and a reception for nine yards. He's the RB3 on this offense, right behind Joshua Kelly, who has, again, solidified himself as the RB2. Two carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. A great breakaway run for him. Looking good. I think he's going to have usage even if Austin Eckler doesn't get hurt. I think this is an Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly backfield. Not quite the usage that Ezekiel Elliott got uh, with Kellen Moore for Joshua Kelly. Um, But I still do think he could push, you know, 25% of opportunities in this offense. And that'll be pretty good. He'll have some touchdowns. He'll vulture some opportunity away from Austin Eckler for sure. And then if Austin Eckler goes down, you're talking about one of the best handcuffs to own in fantasy football. So get yourself some Joshua Kelly. And then guys, if you uh, have a special teams points in your in your fantasy football league if you get kick return yards a player to keep your eye on is Darius Davis TCU wide receiver he had two receptions for 19 yards but he was a special teams phenom he's already had himself a punt return this offseason really great on special teams at TCU and again on the Chargers it's gonna be good I mean like (laughs) those types of players just tend to succeed um, when they're on that kind of team. And Quentin Johnson continues to disappoint this preseason. Only two receptions for 15 yards. Three weeks now with a terribly low A dot and no ceiling performance. Got to be concerning. You know, maybe the podfather really is onto something, but I'm still going to give him a few more weeks uh, and I'd like to see some regular season play. And plus, I mean, it's not like Keenan Allen or Mike Williams has been out there. He's been covered by the, the cornerback one, preseason cornerback one, whatever that means. Uh, but still, I think when he gets the easier coverage is like the fourth person, third person kind of watched in this offense, he'll be able to pop off a little bit more, get some of those nice yak catches that made him a first round pick in the first place. Bills, Bears, Bills and the Bears. Roshan Johnson looked good, looking like Bijan Robinson light. He had himself nine carries and a reception. Didn't really pop up on the stat, on the stat sheet, but still that usage Great to see. And DJ Moore yet again had a very explosive play. One reception, 440 yards, looking like he's going to outperform his ADP. Like my trade god brother, Matty Kiwum, has been expecting all offseason. 
great call by him. Uh, and in terms of the Bills running backs, uh, Damian Harris had more carries than James Cook, more yards as well, but did get himself a rushing touchdown also. But James Cook still looked great at a higher yards per carry and on top of five carries also had two receptions. James Cook is the running back to own on this offense. He's going to get plenty of usage. He's going to have a great year. His ADP has been rising like crazy. Those of you who got him in the eighth, ninth round while you could, congratulations. I've been seeing him go as early as the fifth sometimes now. So uh, it's very, very interesting. If you could still acquire him in Dynasty, I would be looking to do that. I don't think his price is too expensive for what you're going to be able to get out of him. The Seahawks-Packers game. DJ Dallas, reminder that DJ Dallas is the Seahawks-Boston Scott. No matter what, he's going to see the field. He was 4 for 43 this week. Obviously, the RB3, RB4 sometimes, depending on how they end up shaking this out. But still, he's just going to get four or five carries or touches a game. Uh, and it is what it is, right? I mean, it just is what it is. Um, DJ Dallas is just going to be there in the same way that Boston Scott is on Philadelphia. And Jake Bobo scored himself another touchdown. He says, JSN be damned. I want to be the slot receiver. And with JSN injured now, we might be seeing some Jake Bobo early season stuff. And that is very exciting. And I hope he can leverage that into actually seeing the field when JSN returns. It'd be nice if they run some four receiver sets with all of those guys. I mean, he's performed really well this offseason or this preseason. And I'm and I hope we can see a nice little career from him. I am a fan. I'm a huge fan of slot receivers. I'm, you know, grew up a Patriots fan, loved the Julian Edelmans, the Wes Welkers, the Hunter Renfros. And now we're looking like Jake Bobo is kind of leading that next wave of slot receivers. And the Packers, Jordan Love, yet again, looking fantastic. Nine for 15, 63 yards and a touchdown. And who caught it? But your boy, Christian Watson, continuously on fire. I mean, that guy is a beast, Christian Watson. Well worth the value right now. Buy him everywhere. I do not care what it costs. He's going to have a top 10 season this year. Christian Watson is that dude. And the running back to roster, if you want a handcuff behind Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, is officially Emmanuel Wilson. He has been the leading rusher every single week this preseason for the Packers and has looked good doing it. This week, 17 carries for 49 yards, and he also had himself two reception so Emmanuel Wilson in your deeper leagues if you're looking maybe for a taxi squad guy I love it I think he's going to be good for fantasy especially towards the end of the year if Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon go down like they have in the past it's going to be Emmanuel Wilson let's now talk about this Cardinals Vikings game David Blau outperformed David Blow David Block David Bluch uh outperformed Clayton Toon this week uh, no really takeaway from it. I still assume it's going to be Colt McCoy. You guys know I've been wanting Clayton Toon to go out there because I think it'd be entertaining. But if he's going to be an outperformed by David Blow, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Keontae Ingram averaged five yards per carry. Great to see. Also had himself a reception. Guys, roster him if you are not, especially if he owns James Conner. You have to roster Keontae Ingram. If Conner goes down, Ingram is in for a ton of fantasy points. And Corey Clements, who's kind of made himself a career of bouncing around and being utilized. He had 14 carries for 79 yards. Pretty decent usage. If anything happens to uh, James Conner, I'm sure Clement will see the field as well. And for the Vikings, Dwayne McBride had himself eight carries for 37 yards and scored another touchdown. Less Ty Chandler this week. I think they've seen enough from him. I mean, guys, it's going to be a committee. It's going to be Madison getting the most. And then 
Chai Chandler's going to get some stuff. And then McBride's going to get some stuff. Do not draft Alexander Madison. Whatever you do, way too expensive. Browns, Chiefs. Damn, there's a lot of football games. A lot of football games. Amari Cooper was the leading receiver. Had himself one catch for 53 yards. It was not a touchdown, but still a 53-yard catch for Amari Cooper. Good stuff. The Chiefs, Daenerys Prince, 12 carries for 45 yards. Also had himself two receptions again. Great to see usage from that kind of running back. LaMichael Perrine also had some usage as well. Four carries for 32 yards and three receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. The Chiefs just love finding good backup running backs. I don't know what it is. They do it every year. And then also former Viking Amir Smith-Marset had himself a pretty decent game. Four for 101 and a touchdown. Going to be the wide receiver like seven on this offense. But still pretty nice performance for him. Wanted to highlight it. Jets, Giants moving on. Tim Boyle, 9 for 11, 107 yards and two touchdowns. Looked really solid. And Zach Wilson is not looking bad. He really isn't. This week he had 107 yards, no turnovers. Looking good. Hit a really nice throw as well down deep. Um, and I think it's good. Aaron Rodgers was talking about how, you know, the idea is Aaron Rodgers going to play the next couple of years and then Zach Wilson's going to take over have the time to learn and be good again. And, I, and I'm excited to see that. I always love when youngsters tap into their ceiling. And I think Aaron Rodgers coming to town, especially this new and rejuvenated Aaron Rodgers, is really going to help him. And the Jets running backs, we know there's a ton of them. Who's going to be the backup? No clues still, but Zonovan Knight was the lead rusher this week. As we know, he came in last season and kind of dominated in terms of fantasy when Brees Hall went down. But, I mean, you've got Abanacanda, you've got Michael Carter, you've got Zonovan Knight, you've brought in Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall's returning as well. Incredibly hard to decipher. I would just honestly stay away. Honestly, I would not roster any backup jet running back, uh, maybe Abanacanda, just because of the athleticism. But I would almost rather take the wait-and-see approach and have to use my fab than try to get ahead of it. Sometimes it's nice to get ahead of things, but sometimes it's better to just wait and see. And I think that's going to be the case here with these Jets backup running backs. Garrett Wilson had a good game. He had three receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Great producer. Looking good. Looking good. Going to have a great year, man. Garrett Wilson, another wide receiver one. Looking good. And for the Giants, James Robinson was the lead rusher before getting released. He had himself 55 yards and then got cut by the team. Sad to see. But again, it seems to be over for him. It's just not there. The explosiveness is gone. The leading receiver was David Sills, who had six receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this isn't a guy that's going to be fantasy relevant at all with how many receivers are there, but just congratulations to him for leading the receivers. And Eric Gray, you know, rookie running back, had four receptions for 48 yards. Great usage and performance from him. I would like to see that continue. I would like to see him earn that RB2 role. It's still Matt Breida for now, but who knows as the season goes on, and maybe he can make it a committee if Saquon goes down. You love to see four receptions for 48 yards from a running back. That's pretty damn good. Bengals, Commanders, Andre Eosivas yet again had himself a really decent game. He's got a great profile, went to Princeton, all of that fun stuff. I think he's going to be really good. Three receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown. Charlie Jones also looked decent. Three receptions for 32 yards. Both of these rookie wide receivers are worth stashing. They're going to be good uh, in dynasty leagues, you know, probably next year as they look to work out this wide receiver core, but also have injuries pile up. I and mean, we saw Trent Taylor and Trent Irwin both be producers last year. I would be rostering Eosivas and Charlie Jones if I can. 
There was no Chris Evans or Travion Williams, so Chase Brown had himself some opportunity. He had 11 carries for 39 yards. Really didn't do anything fantastic, which was sad to see. Um, with that profile, you would expect him to do a little better, but that's why, I mean, the podfiler's been so off of him. He saw him at the Senior Bowl and just said he wasn't good, plain and simple, even with that profile. So perhaps Chase Brown just isn't good. Jake Brom for the Commanders had himself two touchdowns. Good for him. Good for him. UGA Bulldog was good at one point in time for college. Never hit it at the NFL, but two preseason touchdowns. Nice job. RB3, Chris Rodriguez, seven carries for 52 yards. Some are saying he's Brian Robinson 2.0. I don't see it. I really do think this team loves Brian Robinson, but still um, a good performance from him. The running back I want to keep my eye on, though, and even though the profile is not great and everything, it's Derek Gore. And it's because, you know, I mean, he's Frank Gore's son, but also he was with the Chiefs, with Eric Bieniemy, and then followed him. In this game, he had six carries for 28 yards and three receptions for 23 yards. And it's just that kind of usage that helps you make a team. And especially when you already have the connection with the offensive coordinator, I do think Derek Gore is someone worth monitoring, not worth rostering, but somebody worth keeping your eye on for sure. Ravens, Buccaneers. I don't have any Ravens takeaways. No one really important played. But Laquan Treadwell did score a touchdown. You know, always cool to throw those names out there like Laquan Treadwell. Uh, and for the Buccaneers, Trey Palmer, two receptions for 25 yards, still looking good. Rashad White had seven carries for 39 yards and also got himself a reception, also looking good. And guys, Chris Godwin, four receptions, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Get used to it. He's going to do that type of stuff all year, getting seven receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown. That's just Chris Godwin. He's a target magnet. He's going to be fantastic this year. Go get yourself some Chris Godwin. Dolphins, Jaguars, the leading rusher yet again was Salvin Ahmed. Doesn't really mean much. He's still going to be the RB4, but I do think he's at least locked himself onto the roster with now back-to-back good performances in the preseason. River Craycraft last year popped off a couple games, looked good, solidified himself into the roster again, I believe, with five receptions, 452 yards, looked good this week, locking himself onto the team. The Jaguars, they had Trevor Lawrence out there. They had Travis Etienne out there. T-Law was 8 for 10 for 92 yards. Etienne had eight carries for 39 yards and a touchdown, looked good both of these guys, ETN is, of course, the workhorse. He's going to get 60-plus percent of opportunities. And then, of course, T-Law is in for a fantastic year three. The backup running backs, Dearness Johnson scored a touchdown. Jamichael Hasty scored a touchdown. Tank did not. Tank Bigsby did not score a touchdown, which is interesting, but he did still have more rush yards than Dearness Johnson and Jamichael Hasty. It's going to be tough sledding behind Travis ETN. I think it's Tank. I think it's Tank, but could it be Hasty? Could it be Dearness Johnson? Yes, and it's similar to the Jets where it's, you know, I might just take the wait and see. Similar to the Jets, I might just roster the rookie because of profile and because of youth if you want to. But again, I might just try to use my fab uh, on one of these guys after it becomes clear outside of Travis Etienne, who's the one to roster. And finally, Calvin Ridley looked good. Three receptions, 450 yards. If he can stay healthy, He's going to be pretty damn good, but I still do believe Christian Kirk is the wide receiver to roster on this team. The Raiders, Cowboys, Aiden O'Connell balled out yet again, looking like a fantastic pick for the Raiders. If Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, I think Aiden O'Connell will compete at a high level. It is well worth rostering in Superflex Dynasty Leagues 
178 yards, no turnovers this week. And the Cowboys, they told Will Greer before the game that he was going to be released after the game and that this was his last time in the Cowboys uniform. He said, all right, I'll go out there, throw for 305 yards and two touchdowns, and I'll go out there and rush for 53 yards and another two touchdowns. Absolute round of applause. This one actually gets the sound effect. Great game, Will Greer. Great send-off from the Dallas Cowboys. Wish you the best of luck for the rest of your career. I hope you can land in a good situation and get some more opportunity. And Malik Davis, who has had a drop this offseason with Deuce Vaughn impressing, with Rico Dowdle impressing, uh, had the most usage, which is probably concerning given it's week three in the preseason. Ten receptions for 42, ten carries for 42 yards, three receptions for 15 yards. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, all the coaches are saying it's Rico Dowdle as the RB2. Preseason performances makes you think it's Deuce Vaughn. Last year makes you think it's Malik Davis. This is another situation where it's really tough to decipher. Instead of trying to get ahead of it, I might just wait and use my fab. But similar to the last two running backs, if I'm going to roster any of these backups, it's going to be the rookie Deuce Vaughn and just see what happens because you've got to shoot for ceiling here. And it's the rookies that have the ceiling. And Luke, Schoonmaker, speaking of ceilings, scored himself another touchdown. Love myself some Luke Schoonmaker this year. I think easily by the end of the year, he will be the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. You can book that. Next game, Rams, Broncos. Stetson Bennett was terrible. Four for nine, 14 yards, and two interceptions. Really looked bad. The whole Rams looked terrible. That is it for the Rams. No takeaways there. The Broncos won by 40-something points. Uh, they had Jarrett Stidham looked fantastic. Jared Studham, if you will, 236 yards and a touchdown and 20 rush yards. Albert O had a career game, seven receptions for 109 yards and a touchdown. And Marvin Mims, two receptions for 51 yards. All of these guys looked fantastic. I'm rostering Jared Stidham. In leagues, just because, I mean, Russell Wilson's a little bit up there in age. If he gets hurt, I mean, he's got some decent weapons and a good coach where I think he could produce. And, I mean, he produced in uh, Vegas last year as well. So, I think Jared Stidham's worth rostering in deep super flex leagues. And Albert, oh, in tight end premium, two tight end leagues, maybe worth rostering. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops. I mean, one thing to note with a new coaching staff is the way things worked the year prior are completely out of the window. And with that kind of performance and that type of profile, we've been waiting forever for Albert O to hit. Maybe it'll finally happen. I don't know. I mean, it's still going to be Dulcich ahead of him. And we know Troutman is loved by, by Sean Payton. So it's going to take some work. But I mean, he's got a great profile. And if he gets some opportunity, he will, of course, use it well. And finally, the Texans Saints. CJ Stroud was two for four, 16 yards, and got himself a touchdown. Great to see. It was Nico Collins who caught the touchdown, in case you were wondering. I really do think that connection will blossom Ohio State to Michigan. You can't ride it any better. And the running backs, Mike Boone looked fantastic again. Incredibly explosive running back. I love myself some Mike Boone. Seven carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. And also both Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary saw some action. Damian Pierce had five carries for 30 yards. Devin Singletary, seven for 22. Both of them probably worth rostering. I think Damian Pierce is going to be a dog this year. Uh, think of him like a, uh, we're going to go with a light, a very, very light Kenneth Walker, a diet Kenneth Walker. I think Damian Pierce is. I mean, I don't think he's going to have a massive ceiling, but he should have himself a pretty decent floor. 
And finally, for the Saints, the biggest takeaway is that Jimmy Graham is going to be really, really annoying. He's going to be annoying. Jimmy Graham is going to score like eight touchdowns this year. I'm just going to say it. Jimmy Graham is going to score like eight damn touchdowns this year. He had three for 34 and a touchdown this week. And that touchdown, I mean, it is just excellent, really. It is the most perfect tight end touchdown, Mm -hmm. just running a little out route and using your body to shield the defender away from you and bring it in. And that's all he's going to do. He's going to be a red zone threat, and it's going to be really, really annoying for fantasy football. It's going to be great for DFS, though. Jimmy Graham's going to be fantastic for DFS. But that's all I've got for you guys in terms of preseason takeaways. It was a great week. I'm excited for regular season to be here. Um, and, you know, we've got now two weeks until the NFL kicks off. No more action. We're going to have camp rumors. We're going to have all sorts of stuff going on, uh, trades, signings, uh, and opinions. Tons of opinions the next week for sure. I'm going to be bringing you guys some opinions the next few weeks. That's what you're going to be tuning in for. It's going to be waking. We're going to be taking one quick check of the comment section for some questions. In a two tight end dynasty league, would you rather roster Albert O or Jake Ferguson? Probably Jake Ferguson because he's going to score more points this year. But again, I am pretty high on Luke Schoonmaker. Incredibly high on Luke Schoonmaker. So it, it's it's a tough choice for sure. I think Albert O definitely has the ceiling. But I think, you know, you're actually going to get some usage out of Ferguson this year. So I think I'd go with him. So everyone, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you all tomorrow on this very Player Profiler YouTube channel at 10 a.m. Eastern. You have a fantastic Monday, a fantastic rest of your week. Have a good one. Peace.